Morning, everyone. Thursday, February 16. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you were listening. And last night, the Sydney Kings went 1-0 up in their semi-final series against the Cairns Taipans. They were down by night at halftime, though, but they turned it on in the third quarter and their MVP, Xavier Cooks, starred. Uh, we've got a huge game in the Premier League kicking off in less than an hour's time. Top of the table, Arsenal and Manchester City. will bring you up to date throughout the morning with that. Uh, this uh, Aussie team for the second test starts tomorrow. Uh, still question marks. Feels like the whole tour has been a big question mark so far. Uh, interest today across the ditch as New Zealand start a test series or two test series against England. And there's a day-night test there at Mount Maunganui. And these are England's final tests before the Ashes as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Heading into the weekend's pre-season challenge matches, the World Club Challenge, also the Charity Shield. Adam Reynolds is injured. So he has a tight back. He won't be risked against the Cowboys, the Broncos' most important player. And uh, they're all going to be without Reese Walsh. The news yesterday that he has a fractured eye socket. So Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, moves to fullback for their trial against the Cowboys this week. Plenty to talk about. And Pup, how are you on a Thursday, mate? Morning, boys. Uh, morning to everyone. Trundle, you went for today. Yeah, Trundle. Just yeah, I've, everyone loves I've, a Trundle bed. Well, yeah, bad memories with Trundle. What lost, happened? Well, one of those cricket grand final. One of those early young grand finals mm. that I lost. What sport? <laughs> League. Oh. They knocked us off. Oh well, at least you made it. At least you qualified. Nah. The Aussies would like to make it to the grand final. What team are they going to pick? Sounds like Cameron Green is much closer than expected. Had a positive net session. Yeah, so he must have faced some quicks for the first time. Um, Mitchell Stark's still uncertain, but I I nearly think Cameron Green's probably more important in regards to the setup of the team. And if he is fit, I would imagine they'll go too quick. So if Stark's not fit, then they'll go... um, who am I thinking of? Cummins and Boland. And Boland. They'll stick with those two, I reckon. Where's Hazelwood? What's still not right. He's been ruled out. Yeah, still not right. So been a disaster so far. Let's the only it. thing is, what if what if Cameron Green's they they d- determine he's fit and Stark are taken both into the Test match, and something happens to both of them? It's a big risk, especially in Indian conditions. But in saying that, I, I think Australia have to win this Test match. I think if there's, if there's any hint of, if you think those two, well, to me, Cameron Green particularly, if he's if he's close enough, he's good enough. I reckon get him in. Mm. And then you can go two quicks, Cameron Green, two spinners. That sounds right. That's what I think they'll do, even mm. though they're going to have to go both right arm off spinners. Um, I, I, I reckon they're not going to pick Travis Head. I think they're going to go with Renshaw and Hanscom again. Oh, Otherwise, I think that it's going to be a... They're going to be putting their hand up saying they made a mistake. So he looked extremely down. The footage I saw of Travis Head at training the other day, he just looks devastated. Mm. Poor fella. So anyway, we'll, uh, we're a day away from finding out what's going on. G'day, Loza. Hey, gentlemen. Um, and good morning to our listeners. I'm just trying to work out what's wrong with getting it wrong. Nah, well, don't ask me. I get it wrong every day. No, as in, <laughs> and I'm not talking like, selection. It happens with footy teams. It happens yeah. with everything yeah. with selections. Like, but they don't think they have got it wrong. They've uh, Maca, Andrew McDonald's come out, and and I think Pat Cummins has come out, and they've they've made it very clear that they think they they've made the right choices. They think they went the right way in the first test match. 
is in laws. You're saying why can't they just go and pick Travis Head and yeah. say yes, we got it wrong? Yeah, yeah. We 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 went down a different path. We were giving Matt Renshaw a better opportunity because we thought he was a better option. Yep. Um, what we saw in that first test, um, we feel like you know now that Travis Head needs to come back in, we need a bit more experience in the middle order. You could make up a plenty of reasons why you're recalling Travis Head and why you're discarding Matt Renshaw. Um, and or you just say, well, we got it wrong. It, you know, it's just as simple as that. Or this pitch, we need a bit of bowling from Travis Head as well. You know, he's a he's a he's a good um, off spinner. Um, we need some more variety in our attack, and that's what we're going to do. But look, I'm sure um, they'll look at the pitch and hopefully don't get spooked again and pick what they feel is the best team that's going to take 20 wickets and. We can equal the you know win this game and and go to one all and it's all over again. It's it's equal, equal footing. But um, at this stage, you know, feeling like it, it's feeling like Australia are just second guessing themselves all the time, and they're trying to be strong in their wording of everything that they say. You know, they we've got no worries. I saw Pat Cummins last night on the front bar. Who's at the front bar? Channel 7. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I saw the interview there. It was yeah. quite funny, actually, the, the interview. But he seems as though um, he was dismissive of any criticism that's come their way. They were asking him about Steve Smith and the thumbs up. And he said, well, he's the best player of spin in Australian history over in India. So he seems pretty confident with what Steve Smith's doing. Um, but I think... This Australian cricket team, they're very confident. But if they're very confident with the chat, they've got to be confident on the field. And we'll see how they go. Speaking of confidence and getting it wrong, sorry about that tip I sent you last night. I received a text message, uh, mm. one, one of the more confident tips in, in some time. Can over. I read it? You read parts <laughs> of it? <laughs> you can read parts of it. So I thought, okay... I better share this with just at least one or two mm. people, and you were the first person I thought of. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> this this is what I received, and I'll just paraphrase. Uh, race four, number one. It's, it was at Ascot. Yeah. In WA, yeah. Best horse the trainers ever had. One first up, blistering time. Jarred up in the second race. It given a month off. Will win. Was... <laughs> Was going to run on Saturday. It was 30 to 1. Yeah, and thought it would win and on Saturday. And thought it would win, but we decided the easy kill. Load up. <laughs> Currently around three. We expect to get the shot, a start a lot a lot uh, shorter, cl- shorter yeah. a lot shorter, closer to closer to two bucks or even shorter. Well, it drifted to uh, yeah. upwards of three fifty. And then I started to get worried. <laughs> it's run third. It hasn't run terribly. <laughs> but fair to say it's run below... The expectations of that text message. <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is a certainty. 30 to 1 on Saturday, and they've taken it out for an easy kill. So it's going to be running in a race, Wednesday class, horses, three bucks. How good. What a game it is. Oh, it's a game. As I said to you, Mido, I can walk onto a track, and I might know the person I'm speaking to, but if they said to me, listen, race five, number two, 
Yeah, what do I do? I go and have a bean on race five, number two. You go find your nearest bookie. And back page of the telly today, fans pray for Appy ending. And there's uh, Appy Coruscant with one of the other Tigers recruits in Charlie Staines there yesterday. And Appy Coruscant doing plenty of media. He's going to be on our show, in fact, this morning after eight o'clock. We'll speak to the, the new Tigers captain. And uh, he's naturally been asked plenty this week about you know, his comments post the grand final victory for Penrith when he had a little subtle dig after he had plenty after celebrating that premiership. But he is dead serious that they can make the eight this year. Interesting as well, a bit of an old-fashioned uh, way of finding the captain, Tim Sheens. Apparently, he asked all the players and coaches of the, of the Tigers team to basically give their preference for captain and their second preference. And Appy won in a landslide. I actually like it. Even I know it sounds to some, it might people might think, well, at the professional level, they're doing that. I don't mind it. Yeah, I think what I'll find with Tim is that some of the things he'll do will be old school. And I heard him say last night, uh, Appy uh, Denny White, I was interviewing him, and he was talking about how you know Tim is, you know, last coach ten years ago. And they were laughing about the old and the new with Benji. You know, he's fresh ideas and, and new ideas. But Tim is very good on the detail, but he's also very knowledgeable. And he's a bit like Wayne Bennett in that regard. They won't float in and out of that ride, emotional roller coaster, where they're up and down, they're up and down, uh, depending on the result of the game. He'll always stay even and he'll always be even keeled and he'll give good, honest, direct feedback, and he'll help someone. So so if you are being dropped or you're not doing well with your defence or whatever part of the game it is, he actually gives you the detail to help go and fix your game to come back a better player. Um, and they'll learn a lot from just having an experienced coach around uh, and someone with that demeanour, I reckon, the West Tigers. But Abby Coruscant, this, yeah, he's won three competitions. You know, He's won two with Penrith, one with South. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be their most influential player this year if they're to get off the bottom of the competition table. His skill level is excellent. He gives great variety and deception out of dummy half. He should allow these West Tigers forwards to get over the advantage line and hopefully Dewey and, and Brooks can play off off the back of that. But, yeah, Tim, Tim Sheens, in terms of how he selects his captain, it doesn't matter how he selects it as long as he gets the right person that the players are going to follow. Uh, now, also the back page of the telly and the Australian as well, an exclusive with News Corp here. $1.3 billion offer to break NRL player strike threat. Price is right is the headline there. And uh, now that's an offer, $1.3 billion to buy a piece on the back page of the Australian. And it sounds like that uh, the NRL uh, in these CBA negotiations have upped the overall figure, of, and, and particularly in relation to the fund for retirement. Uh, for, for player hardship, and uh, they want feedback from the RLPA on what to do with about $30 million of that money, but they're locked in negotiations for the next couple of days. The issue is is the RLPA wants to control that particular fund, so uh, I think the NRL's gone, well, we'll put more in it, but yeah, we, we want, want control. control. Yeah, and I can understand that too. Um, it, it's, a, it's a funny one because um, if, if you're the governing body and you were to give a group of people $150 million and say they wasted that $150 million, 
all of a sudden people would be asking questions of the governing body going, why would you just hand $150 million over to let them waste it? Mm. So they would want an input, quite rightly, I believe, on how that's split up and where does it go. Uh, and I know the players want to control it, but I think governance-wise it would be better if the two bodies got together and they worked out where exactly they wanted to spend it, for me. Um, I can understand not wanting one party in control, but a, a joint fund, controlled jointly, I, th- I think that would work. I, I, I can understand why the players would want it, but again, you've got to protect that money and you've got to make sure that it's just not wasted willy-nilly. Uh, now, also on, in the Herald today, Maguire, I knocked back Jones out of loyalty to Stewart. So Eddie Jones uh, went and tried to get Michael Maguire. On the Wallabies coaching staff, but uh, Maguire's pretty happy there uh, under Ricky Stewart there at the Raiders. And it sounds like uh, in these quotes with Michael Maguire that he's still very much a career rugby league coach and wants to be back coaching first grade sooner rather than later. All those quotes, when you read it, it's all about, I want to be a head coach again. Um, And that's the opportunity that that Ricky's given Madge to go down there to Canberra um, to work on the ground with the players, to stay involved. And when another opportunity rises put his hand up and, and, and take it with both hands. But Michael Maguire, premiership winning coach, got a lot to offer. Uh, they love him down there at the moment, uh, what he's been doing. Uh, I think he works really well with Ricky, two experienced coaches. that uh, They've got a young um, back line, but a super experienced forward pack. So I think the Raiders, if they can keep everyone on the paddock this season, can have a decent year. Uh, they won't want anything... Um, other than just be injury-free. They, they're injury-free. They play finals football, I think. Still in the mix for David Fafita as well, who hasn't made a decision on his future. So uh, it's between the Titans and the Raiders. Yeah. And, and that's for the next year, not this season. Correct. Um, look, David Fafita's a, a wonderful player. I, I think we still haven't seen him fulfil his, uh, his, his, his ability. He is a guy that... Oh, how would I say this? He's a guy that just... Other players don't know how to put him into space. Other players don't know how to give him the ball. And he's criticised because he doesn't go looking for the ball. Uh, and that's fine. You know, you want to see him do that a little bit more often. But sometimes with these powerful back rowers, they play a different style of football to some other edge back rowers, for instance. Um, you know, if you put a Cam Murray on the, on an edge, he, he doesn't... Um, have the same workload as he does as a as a thirteen, um, and then you start to question his influence on, on a game because you go, well, he's better suited to thirteen, which he he is. But sometimes these edge forwards, they just don't get an opportunity to get themselves into the game, and if they haven't got players that can put them in the right space, it's difficult for them. But for David Fafita, yes, he does need to go looking for the ball a little bit more, but the others have got to work how. Are we best going to use him? How can we get him one-on-one with opponents? And when do we give him the football? How do we give him the football? And let's see what he can do then. So the Aussies arrived in Delhi yesterday, Pup. Uh, David Warner, have you seen the picture of him walking through the airport? I have. Is he the US president? Plenty of security. (laughs) Welcome to India. There's a dead-set army around him. Yeah, it's uh, it's what it's like over there, you know. There, uh, there's police officers everywhere. You've got the um, the escort once you get into the bus as well. There's normally six or seven police cars that uh, take you to your hotel or take you to the ground. Um, yeah, 
plenty of security, that's for sure. So on the back page of the Australian Perfect Storm leaves Delhi Test hopes on the ropes. So uh, as we discussed earlier, Mitchell Stark in serious doubt said he's still quite restricted in his finger and thought it would have progressed further by now. Says he still has some boxes to tick. Cameron Green. I don't reckon you can take Stark into the test match. Doesn't like sound like no, it. If, he, if he's saying that as well personally, then I think he's probably going to need... Like this, I think there's a week or six days or seven days between second test and third test. So that if that's coming out of Starkey's mouth, I reckon he's saying I'll be right for the third test match. Uh, and Cameron Green believes he's still a good chance to play, considered it'll be uncomfortable to bat, but doesn't think it'll be an issue. So it's more a feel thing than actually a... I guess a restriction yeah. thing for him. Well, I think he's. I think if he's close enough, I think Australia got to pick him. I think he's, he, because it sounds like he can bowl fine. He just feels it batting. So it might be the jarring when the ball's hitting the bat. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough. You don't want to. It's hard, hard enough batting in those conditions, feeling a hundred percent. So you don't want to be thinking about your finger when you walk out to bat. But I think his bowling really helps this Australian lineup. If they go two quicks plus him, and then the two spinners. Oh. I think that's a lot better um, variety and option. So yeah, let's. I, I think if he's close enough, hopefully they can they can get him in.